Hey, welcome to week two of our Better Together series. It's so good to have you guys here today. My name is Chris. I'm the pastor of Connections here at Waterlife Church, and I'm excited that you guys are here today. You know, every fall, right around the same time, we do a series like this. If you've been around for a little while, you know that we kind of have a cycle here, and we get into this community-minded series right about now because it's the kickoff season for our life groups, which are a very important part uh, of what we do here at church. So in the next 30 minutes, I have 30 minutes to convince you to join a life group, all right? 30 minutes. I will see if I can do it or not. I won't do the commercial the whole time, but uh, give me a brief commercial here. We have an incredible lineup of, of good things, of life groups, of opportunities. Tonight here at the Civic Center from 7 to 8 o'clock, there's childcare and snacks. It's going to be awesome. You should come. Just let me know you're coming by, by the app. You press the connect button, then you press the life group button and just sign up. Or right outside at the Next Step Center to the left by the group link banner, sign up. I don't know if you knew this, but we have a, uh, an educators life group that we're starting up this season. It's uh, female teachers in our area. They're going to be meeting at Davenport School on Mondays after schools right around 415, 430. And so if you are a female teacher in this area, we would love for you to join up. It's open to all different teachers, uh, female teachers across all the different school uh, schools that we have here. And I'm super excited about that. It's actually the principal at Davenport is helping us get that started. So we're excited about that. Uh, we have groups for people in their 20s. We have groups for people who are retired. We have groups that meet during the daytime. We have a group for uh, moms. If it works in your schedule to meet at Chick-fil-A once a week in the morning, we have a mom's group for you. We have women's groups. We have all kinds of groups uh, from 20s to retired, uh, from the far north end of the county to the far south end of the county. We have all these groups for you guys to sign up with. And it's going to be awesome. We have 10 groups that are, that are open tonight that are taking people in. And um, so there's my challenge. I'm actually not going to talk about that commercial for the next 25 minutes or so. Uh, there are other ways to integrate this message uh, into your life. We're talking about celebrating is better together. This whole series about is, is about how it's better together. And at the end of this message, we're going to have an action point. We're going to have a challenge. Because if I don't give a challenge, then it's just a speech. And I don't want to be up here giving a speech. I want to give a message. And a message has a challenge. You'll always have a challenge and an action point at Water Life Church. So even if you decide not to join a life group, there's still an action point of how things can be better together at Water Life Church. So here's a little summary. Last week, we talked about how overcoming struggles are better together. And I gave some analogies of how uh, we have a lot of struggles in our life, uh, but our struggles are even worse than a tarantula crawling out of a toilet. And I thought I'd put that on the screen one more time, just because I had it, got a kick out of the reactions that I saw in, people, in the crowd last week when I put that up. And this is, a, if you haven't, if you weren't here last week, true story. It happened to me and a bunch of water lifers. That tarantula, it's a true story. You're going to have to go to waterlifechurch.com and uh, check out the story in last week's sermon. Uh, but that was what we talked about last week, how overcoming struggles are better together. And today we're going to talk about how celebrating is better together. Celebrating life's victories are better together. And I have some stories for that as well. Uh, they're a little more easier to take than last week's struggle stories. We talked about struggle in Haiti and how we overcame that last week. Today we're talking about victory in Costa Rica because in the beginning of summer we took a group of 22 water lifers to Costa Rica. And, uh, and man, we did a lot of hard work in Costa Rica. I mean, we were up at 5.30 a.m., 
every morning. And uh, we went right to work. We went and got some breakfast. We, half our group went and did construction. Well, the other half our group did vacation Bible school to hundreds of kids. And then every afternoon we delivered food to over 400 of the most needy people in San Jose. And we prayed for every single one of them. There's always the theme. We want to we offer some help and we want to offer some spiritual help as well. So here's a little bit of a video of what it's like to mix concrete in Costa Rica. This is mixing a batch of concrete in one minute. 25 seconds. Just a little bit of manual labor involved there. There's our crew. All right, that's the back done. Now here's the delivery team. Gideon, one of our students here at Wildlife Church. All right, then you got to dump it into the piers in five-gallon buckets. So that is a lot of work that we did in Costa Rica. But I'll tell you what, celebrating together is even better after you do hard work, right? I don't know if you know that. This is one of those life lessons that I try to teach to my kids and to our students in student ministry. When you work hard you got to take some time when your job is done, you've cleaned it all up, you've done your best, you step back and you take a look at what you've done and you celebrate what you've done. I'll tell you, people celebrate for all kinds of reasons, but one of the best ways to celebrate is after you've invested and plugged in and worked hard and get the job done and done it to the best of your ability, then you celebrate. Have you ever had that experience? Man, that is an, whether you're doing, whether you're teaching or whether you're doing construction or whatever you're doing, you go at it, you give your best and you take a step back to celebrate. And I'll tell you, celebrating is always better together. And in Costa Rica, that was the work. Here's the celebration. On our last day, we all got together and we had a day off and we had worked hard that week. We were beat, we were tired, and it was a day of celebration on that last day. So we went and saw waterfalls. Man, I'll tell you, you, if you're going to Costa Rica, you got to see waterfalls. We all went to this beautiful waterfall park, and we celebrated God's creation. We celebrated a job well done, and we celebrated sloths, because if you're in Costa Rica, there's my sloth selfie. All right, it's a sloth selfie. Maybe you've never seen a sloth selfie before. We celebrated sloths because we were just celebrating together. Here's another picture of Avery. I love that picture of her and the sloths. And there's my picture of Cassidy. And you know the picture of God and David that Michelangelo kind of read? They're just about to touch. That's my sloth encounter with Cassidy as he's reaching out to touch Cassidy. It's her favorite animal. And there's Rachel in the back. I don't know if you see her in the back which is hilarious as well. So uh, one other thing we did is we celebrated by 
zip lining. And here's the zip line experience. I'll show it to you in a second. But um, we all went to go zip lining, and we had really a mix of uh, ages in that Costa Rica trip. And one of our uh, oldest people on our trip really wanted to go zip lining. It had been on her bucket list, and that's Karen Whitener. Karen Whitener's here somewhere. Where's Karen Whitener? All right, they're in the back over there. There's Karen Whitener. All right, it was on her bucket list. And we had never done the zip line before, but I heard it was really good. And I was the first one up. Actually, I was going ahead of everyone. And what I noticed is that, hey, this is actually a lot harder than I expected it to be. And it started off really slow. They were short. They were slow. It was low to the ground. And every zip line we took, and there were tons of them, they got longer, they got faster, and they got higher. And so, and, and you had to hike from place to place up like these big cliffs. And so I was just like, just praying. Karen was on my mind the entire time. And then we ended with the longest, fastest, highest zip line ever. And it, here's, a, here's a video of what that zip line was. This is the last zip line. Where did it start? It just keeps going. And it gets higher. And so as we knew where Karen was in our lineup, and we had most of us who had just finished it, we were sitting there waiting for Karen to come through, and we could, we could just hear way out in the distance, uh-oh, someone's on. And then all of a sudden, here, now here's a picture of her. Here's a picture of Karen. This wasn't the last one. This was the easiest one. But here she was coming in backwards, half upside down, no brakes. No, you're supposed to put your brakes on. She had no brakes, and they had to do the manual brake. They were just like, oh, okay, here she comes. She's, not, she's got no brakes. And everyone was getting ready. All the staff were pulling on the brake system, and she came flying up, and she had boom, hit the brake. Her feet went up in there. She hit the zip line, and she got back, and she got down, and she was pumped, and we were cheering. And you guys should all give her a round of applause for that. But I'll tell you what, celebrating is better together. We were so happy to celebrate with Karen at accomplishing that bucket list. And I'll tell you, it's just an analogy for all of us in life. Celebrating is better together. And we all know that, right? We all know, we've known that since we were in grade school. Because I don't know about you, but when I was in grade school, we had this tradition of doing birthday parties, of course. To kids, birthday parties are very, very exciting. To adults, they're not so exciting. Maybe every decade they get exciting. But for kids, they get pumped on that. And when I was in grade school, the best birthday parties had the most people at them. So I always wanted the birthday party with a whole bunch of people. Now, you could celebrate a birthday party on your own with just your family, and that was fine. That was okay. That was good. It was still good. But when you had a whole bunch of your friends together, that was an epic birthday party, right? I don't know if you ever experienced that. That was a birthday party. And if a whole bunch of your friends got together, someone was having a birthday party, but you weren't invited to that birthday party, you felt terrible, right? It was a disaster. It was depressing. If you weren't part of the celebration, you felt terrible. And that was way back in grade school. And now we have Facebook. 
right? Last 10 years we've had Facebook, so we see everybody's celebrations, and sometimes we wish, why wasn't I invited to that celebration? I wish I could be celebrating like that, and we get a little depressed over that, because people love to celebrate together. And here's the positive thing on that, the positive spin. There's a reason why that bothers us. It's because we are created to celebrate together. That we're made in the image of God, and Jesus did a lot of celebrating together with people. So when we see that, I wish I was part of the celebration, that's because you have the fingerprint of God on your life. You're created in His image, and you want to celebrate with people. Even from when you were a kid, that was hard written into our character. We want to celebrate together. And we've talked about the Apostle Paul. And, uh, and last week we talked about how uh, Paul in the book of Ephesians, what I've been looking at for this, because the book of Ephesians is great for the church coming together. And Paul has a lot of wisdom of how to bring the church together. Last week we talked about how Paul said, you need to come together and be like building blocks in the temple. You know, forget about the Old Testament temple. That was just an illustration. The New Testament temple is you. You are building blocks of God's temple, and you need to come together. And this week, um, as I was reading through the book of Ephesians, one thing I noticed about Paul, he talks about coming together to make the temple, but he also talks about coming together to build the body. And it's another illustration that I'm going to talk about today. Yeah, last week was the temple. You are the temple of God. This week, you are the body of Christ. And we're meant to come together. One thing that you'll notice if you read through the book of Ephesians, it's only six chapters long. You should read through it. Um, I read through it several times, and I was amazed at how much Paul celebrates. Because when you look at the life of Paul, there's maybe, it doesn't look like there's a lot to celebrate. Paul's writing Ephesians from prison, and the emperor while he's writing it, is Nero, the most notorious uh, Roman emperor to impact Christians' lives. He, was, uh, he persecuted Christians like no other. And so you would think, how can Paul be so positive, so optimistic? How can he be so much in such a celebratory mood when life around him looks like a total disaster? So how can he do that? Um, Paul's positivity, to me, just really stood out. Because sometimes in Christians in our culture, I see a lot of Debbie Downer Christians. Have you ever met a Debbie Downer Christian? Anybody know Debbie Downer from a Saturday Night Live? Right? It's a Saturday Night Live thing. Debbie Downer, it's hilarious. You've got to go on YouTube and watch some Debbie Downer skits. Right? It's so funny, the whole cast can't even do it seriously. The whole cast of Saturday Night Live always breaks up when they're doing Debbie Downer skits. But I've met a lot of Debbie Downer Christians. Debbie Downer Christians, here's an example. They're just like, they're always focusing on what's wrong with the world. Right? They're always focused on the negative. And, and they might start off with, Oh, young people these days. Oh, it wasn't like the old days when we had real young people. Now we have this generation of young people, and they're, they're down, right? They're down on the young people. And, you know, our whole culture is like just gone to pot, and it's just uh, terrible. And, and our government, it's the worst it's ever been. And our world and our country is just in the pits right now. And everything's at the bottom of the barrel. It's never been so bad to be alive. It's never been such a terrible time in history. We're at the worst spot. That's a Debbie Downer. Christian, right? And I see them all over the place. And you wonder like, oh man, is it really that bad? Is it really that depressing? I want to challenge you today that you do not have a reason to be a Debbie Downer Christian, right? 
And we as a church, we do not want to be a Debbie Downer church. There are so many good things that God has going on in our world. And, and you take Paul as an example. Everything looked bad on the outside, but Paul had a greater hope. And I'm going to share with you why Paul had a greater hope. And it's in the book of Ephesians. You could turn there. Uh, we're going to start off with chapter 1, verse 18 to 23. And this is why we can celebrate. And this is why celebrating is better together. Let me read it. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. He's talking to the church in Ephesus, but he's talking to us. Because we are the church and we're in the same era that they were in back then. The era of the Holy Spirit, right? He's talking to us. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, Water Life Church. In order that you may know the, what's that? Hope. In order that you may, it's not hopeless. A Debbie Downer Christian would say it's hopeless. Paul would say there's hope. There's hope. To which he has called you. You're called to hope. The riches of his glorious inheritance. That sounds pretty exciting, right? That sounds pretty positive. Riches, glorious inheritance in his holy people. That's us. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a holy person. Not like that lonely person on the top of a mountain sitting in a lotus pose. You're a holy person. You, in your job, in your school, in your family. If you have Christ, you're a holy person. And his incomparably great power who for us, for us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when Christ, when he raised Christ from the dead. I'll tell you, if Christ is raised from the dead, that kind of outshines any kind of doom and gloom that we have in our lives. And seated him with his right, at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above the rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the age to come. Basically, he's saying Christ is head of everything. Not only 2,000 years ago, but in the age to come, which is now and which is tomorrow. Christ is on the throne. Everything is under him. And God placed all, thing, all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Christ is the head of the church, who is the body, and that's us. Now that is a bunch of positive adjectives that Paul talks about there. He talks about hope. He talks about riches. He talks about glorious inheritance, a holy people, incomparably great power for those who believe. Christ is seated at the head of everything. He is the head of the body, which is the church, and that's us. Do you think there's a reason to celebrate? I mean, someone, someone ought to clap or something or shout amen or something, right? It, that is incredible. There are so many reasons to celebrate that we, there's no reason we should be a Debbie Downer Christian. We are God's temple. We are God's body. You know, the temple and the body, they're parallels in this. The more you read the Bible, the more you see these amazing things that are kind of hidden inside. The more you take out the meaning of that. Last week, it was the temple. We're all, built, we're all building blocks that are built together to build the holy temple. This week... Paul talks about the body, how we're all members of one body and we're put together under the head of Christ. And the analogies are parallel. 
right? We don't have a physical Old Testament temple anymore because that physical temple was torn down in, uh, the, in 70 AD. But that didn't matter to Jesus because he came to build the spiritual temple. He came to build the temple called the church, and the church would never be torn down. In the old days, God lived in the temple. In the New Testament era that we're in, God lives in the people, the holy temple that he came to establish, that Jesus came to establish. And in the body, Jesus came down in a physical form. He became a man, and his body, his physical body was destroyed on the cross. The physical body was destroyed. Now, he was resurrected, but his new body was was a little different, right? And it wasn't meant to stay here. He ascended to heaven, but that's okay because Jesus' physical body is not here. He said, now you are the body. You are the hands and feet of Christ. You see the parallels? How the, the perishable was never meant to last, but God came to build something imperishable, the temp, the holy temple, which is us. The body of Christ, which is us, and the church will never be destroyed. Jesus promised that. It would never be torn down. And 2,000 years ago, here we are. And the church isn't going to disappear tomorrow. It doesn't matter what happens three years from now, 10 years from now. World War III could happen. Anything could happen. The church would not be destroyed. And one day, Jesus is going to come to fulfill all the rest of his prophecies. But here we are. We're here. The body of Christ. And so that's our challenge today. Paul mentions the body seven times in Ephesians. Here's a couple other verses he mentions it in. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 12. Christ gave church leaders, now he mentions a whole bunch of different kind of church leaders there. Uh, He gave church leaders to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Notice he didn't say uh, Jesus came to establish church leaders to build up everybody and to serve everybody. Yeah, that's great. Church leaders do that. They, they build up the body and they serve. But the main goal of a church leader is to build up the people, to equip you guys to do service, to build up the body. Let's look at the next one, verse 15 and 16. It says, instead, speaking the truth in love, there's a verse that you might remember, that's a, that's a great verse. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, from him, the whole body joined and held together in every supporting, uh, by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Notice how the body has many different parts, but they're all supposed to work together. They're all supposed to be together to do God's work. Bodies that work the best work together. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul takes this analogy and he expands it even more. And he says this, 1 Corinthians 12. For we are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles. That's what he talked about last week with temples. Jews or Gentiles, he's bringing them together. Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. We have many different parts of the body, but we have one purpose to bring it all together. And one more verse that just fits in last week and this week just into a perfect one Bible verse. God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. There are many parts, but one body. 
And actually the next one, let's go on to the next one too. If, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So that's what we talked about last week. If someone is going through struggles in the body of Christ, everyone struggles together. That's why overcoming struggles is better together. It says if one part suffers, every part suffers. And if one part is honored or celebrated, every part rejoices with it. Celebrating is better together. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. See, it's interesting that Paul talks about these analogies of the body and he actually goes way into way more detail. He talks about how the body of Christ can't be all just a bunch of eyes or a bunch of ears or a bunch of hands. He says that would be really weird if you had a body made up of just eyeballs. And Paul actually talks about that, and it's kind of weird, right? Or if you had a body just made up of hands, or what if the hand was saying to the ear, I want to be an ear, you know, and then, you know, they, they got to change parts or whatever. Paul says that, no, this is ridiculous. This doesn't work. And he goes on to, he actually, he actually even mentions like private parts. It's hilarious. You, sh- you should read it. He actually says, you know, you got hands, you got ears, you got nose, you got eyes. You even got private parts that are an important part of the body. And I've always wondered, like, who are the private parts? Like, <laughs> Because if I'm like the hands and feet of, of Jesus and I'm, and I'm the mouthpiece of God, who are, now I know a lot of people who it looks like they've been gifted to be a pain in the butt, but I tell you, you got to read it sometimes. It's hilarious. He, he actually talks about the private parts, how even those are important, right? I don't know who has that gift. But his main point is that when we struggle, we're all part of one body, we're going to struggle together. When we celebrate, we're all of one body, we're all going to celebrate together because life is better together. He goes on, imagine if, imagine if there was a piece of your body that was separated. Let's say you're walking down uh, Harper Avenue in Lenore and you see an arm on the ground, Right? You don't just go, oh, there's an arm on the ground. You don't, you don't just keep walking. What do you do? You call 911, right? That is an emergency. There is a piece of a body that is separated from the whole body. If you're walking down in Granite Falls and you see an eyeball rolling down the street, you don't just go, oh, that's kind of cool. There's an eyeball in the street. You don't do that, right? You, this is like serious. There's an eyeball detached from the body and it's rolling down the street. This is an emergency. What am I going to do? It's the same thing with the body. You can't really be a part of the church when you're separated from the body. I mean, you can't. You can be a Christian. You can be a follower of Jesus. But you, if you are separated from the body, if you're just an arm flopping in the street, Paul says that is trouble. That's why he did this whole analogy because that's just as weird. When you see a Christian that is just like, nah, I don't go to church or really get together with other believers or really, I just do my own thing. You know, I'm just, I'm a believer, I'm a follower, but I don't do the church thing. You know, I don't do that church thing. Paul says you're an arm in the street, detached from the body, that's an emergency. We got to do something about that. And the thing is, I see that all the time. What happens when you detach a part of your body from yourself? That part dies right? That arm, that eye, they cannot survive on their own. And I see it all the time, people who their, their spiritual life is dying. Their, their marriages are dying. Their family relationships are dying. They're, they're in addictions, right? They're, they're trapped in these things and they're dying. And it isn't always because they're detached from the body. And when you're part of the body, it doesn't mean it's always going to be an easy system and it's always going to work out. But I'll tell you, it works out better. 
It works out better when you're attached to the body. It works out better when you're part of a group of believers, when you have relationships, when you have accountability, when people know you, when you're struggling together, when you're celebrating together. It just works together when you're part of the body. That's my challenge to you guys. It's just like the temple analogy. I see lots of Christians who are just separate building blocks And they're not part of building that glorious New Testament temple that is the church. And then they wonder, where's my purpose? You're going to have a hard time finding your purpose if you're detached from the church. But when you get plugged into the church, suddenly you find your purpose and your meaning and your potential when you're plugged in. And that's not always easy. It doesn't always work just like clockwork, but it's so much better that way. That's why Paul says it's better together. It's better together. It's always better together. So here's the good news. We have a lot of stuff to celebrate as a church and as a body. Man, we have, listen to all those adjectives again. Hope, riches, glorious inheritance. You're a holy people. You have incomparably great power. Christ was raised from the dead. He rules over everything back then and forevermore. He's head of the church and that church is us. We have a lot of reasons to celebrate and I want us to celebrate together. And here's my two challenges for us today. Um, Here's number one. Uh, Be a part of the body of Christ. If you have not made that decision to accept Christ as your Savior, make that decision because that is your biggest reason to celebrate. All those promises that Paul talks about, they're promised to you when you take a step of faith and you say, I believe in Jesus. I can't do this on my own. I believe in Jesus. I believe what he did. And I'm going to claim that for myself. I'm going to claim his forgiveness. And I'm going to follow him. And you can celebrate. That's challenge number one. Challenge number two, don't just stop there. Become a part of the church in an active way. Plug into relationships, plug into a life group, plug into serving, plug into giving, plug into the church. Become a part of the mission of the church. And when you choose to do that, I'll tell you, when you become a part of what the church is doing and we celebrate together, it becomes so much more meaningful if you've been involved. In six weeks, we're going to celebrate our fifth anniversary as a church. And that's going to be a party for everybody. It's going to be incredible. Next week, we're starting a series which I'm calling the most epic series we've ever done at Waterlife Church. I'm just putting that on Todd. I'm just building that up for him. It's going to be the most epic series that we've ever done at our church. That's the bar he's going to hit, and I believe it right? And we're going to celebrate at the end of that series with our five-year anniversary, and everyone's going to celebrate together. But I'm going to tell you what, some people may get to celebrate harder and may get to celebrate in a deeper way. If you've been here from the start, right? Or if you've been here just a year, but if you've been actively involved, right? Because if you're out there serving, you have a reason to celebrate because this is part of what you do, right? If you are working together on the team, think about what's when sports teams celebrate, right? The person who scored the, the touchdown or the person who was part of that last play, man, they celebrate. If you're on the bench, you still celebrate. If you're in the stands, you still celebrate. If you're watching on TV, you still celebrate. Some of you guys celebrate hard, even watching on TV. But if you're on the field playing the game and you win, man, you celebrate just a little deeper than the person watching TV or listening uh, in their car, right? So we want you to celebrate in the deepest way possible and do that by getting involved, get plugged into church. There are all kinds of opportunities. The more you give in, the more you get out from a celebration. 
And that's my challenge to you today. Man, we celebrated in Costa Rica hard because we worked hard. We want to celebrate together and build this kingdom together. Be a part of the body where Jesus is the head. And we don't need to be Debbie Downer Christians. Get involved. Get plugged in. Start moving. I'll tell you what, when you start to get involved in, in, in Waterlife Church, which is going places, which is doing things, which is making a difference across the world and in Caldwell County in a big way, you stop to see all the negative things that are happening out there. You don't worry about all the, the bad things. You're focusing on all the celebrations and victories and that starts to shine brighter than the darkness. That's my prayer for you. I'm going to close in prayer. Let's bow our heads. Lord, as we close, I just want to give these two challenges once again. And the first challenge is this. The challenge is to follow you. And, and God, if people have not made that decision, if people have not accepted that challenge, we can do that today uh, just by saying, Dear Jesus, I admit that I need you. Come into my life. I believe in what you did. I believe that you, you were here, you died, you rose again for the forgiveness of my sins. God, I claim that grace on my life. And I want to dedicate my life to following you. And if we said that prayer today, if we meant that, then that means we can be a part of a huge celebration. So my prayer is that everyone in this room will have made that decision to be a part of that celebration that Jesus has in store for us. And the second challenge is this. God, I just pray for our congregation. I pray for our people here today that everyone would feel and take the steps to be a part of a body of believers and get involved and take up those challenges and be a part of the mission of the church. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more exciting than being a part of this eternal church, a church that will not be destroyed, a church that is not a physical building, but a church that is a spiritual group of people that nothing can stand up against. And so, Lord, I just pray that everyone here would be able to take that step and just be plugged into the body of believers, be a building block in the holy temple that you have established. And Lord, I pray that for us all. And God, may we make that commitment today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.